Let's all stand. We're going to try that again. Because you know what? I was still praising Jesus in my head with that video. <laughs> There's a lot that goes on in here. <laughs> There's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's joy there? Yeah, amen. We've got a lot to be joyful for. Jesus is here. We walked in and he was like, man, it was, it was awesome. It's awesome. Would you guys turn and say good morning to the people around you? Tell them nothing's going to steal your joy.
morning, Tracy. <laughs> well, good morning to everybody again. I hope you got to say hi to somebody. Did you tell them that you're not going to let anything steal your joy? Nothing's stealing my joy this morning. You know, just to let you guys know, <laughs> they're having a good time. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to get y'all back in. What is it called? Uh, herding cats. I'm herding cats. So, just so you guys know, we're working on joy this morning. Amen. Amen. And what you guys don't get to hear, but see, we wear these ear monitors in our ears so we can hear everything. And what you don't get to hear is Doc in the drum cage. He's always in there. <laughs> He's always in there going, yeah, amen, yeah. <laughs> so you guys don't hear that, but we hear it in our ears, in our heads. So we're having a really good time up here praising Jesus. It's awesome. Just a couple things to let you guys know. Movie night, November 19th, doing The Chosen be there, be square, guys. It's awesome. It's super fun. We have a great time, and we are excited that we get to do that. And if you haven't seen The Chosen, you're missing out. It's so good. So good. So please come. 6.30 is when uh, concessions start, 7 o'clock for the movie. Next thing, today we're having a potluck after church, so we will give you more information on that after service. Um, there are prayer cards at the back on the tables on both sides here. If you guys need prayer, we really want to pray for you. We really love to pray for you. If you have a praise that you just can't be quiet about, we want to do that too. We want to praise with you because we want to always go back to our Lord for listening to us. And we have a lot of praises. Mary McNally's doing great. And um, we are so thankful for that. Jane is back. We also have Leslie back who was in the hospital too. We are so thankful. God's been doing so much. And uh, Richard Gonzalez is making his way back, too. He had COVID, severe COVID, and he is doing so much better. Keep praying and then praise because it's awesome. We love to see God moving. All right. Ooh, did you hear that? Doc's back there praising with the chimes. <laughs> All right. So we are going to take offering. If I could have the offering... Um, Guys, come forward. Um, we're going to do that. And then we're going to continue to worship. But this is part of our worship. Can I get one more person up here to uh, take some offering with us? Harry, come on up. That'd be great. Carolyn, we're good. You got people? Oh, you got people? Okay. Never mind. All right. First, we're going to welcome the Holy Spirit in, and then we're going to give. All right. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being here this morning, Father. Your Holy Spirit has been in this place since we opened the doors. And Lord, we are grateful for your presence here. Lord, this offering is for you because we love you. This offering is for you because you give to us beyond anything we can imagine. Lord, you take care of our every need and we're grateful for that. So Father, we want to give back to you because we love you and it's part of worship. So please accept this offering. I pray that it's pleasing to you, Lord. And Lord, the rest of this worship is for you. We just want to lay our hearts and our minds out at the altar, at your feet. We just want to sit in your presence, Lord. And I pray that you will just be with us as we just make you the honored guest here this morning. So we ask you to bless this time, bless this offering in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So we're going to go ahead and do that. Thank you guys for coming forward to, to take the offering. And then once we're done with the offering, you guys can stand up and continue to worship.
if you had to sit down. So here we go with Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. about me let me tell you about my jesus oh he makes a way when there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about Oh, we got a lot to dance about, right? Yes, we do.
here this morning and started praising Jesus. So we're kind of ahead of you guys. We're going to have to catch up. We've been having a good time just sitting in his presence and enjoying him. You know, this world is loud. It's noisy. It distracts us. And we have an enemy called the deceiver. That's his number one name. And we have to be on guard for that all the time. Do not be deceived by him because he's a liar. Flat out. 
And you know what? We have a God that has already conquered him. He is already doomed. And we are not. We get to live in his hope. And I love that. I love that he's not just given us hope. He is our hope. And so it's really exciting when we get to come here and lay our hearts out to him and just say, man, Lord, do something in me today. Did you come anticipating him today? Expecting him to do something? Did you come willing to lay down junk? I want the junk gone, right? I want it gone. I want him to change me. I want to be more like him when I leave this place. He's got a lot of work to do in this girl. But you know what? He's doing it. He's working it. And he just will keep doing it. So I'm excited about that. But you know, sometimes we just need to look at him and just keep our eyes focused on him and just say, Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. You know, just say that. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Lord. We do love you, Lord. So would you just continue to move this morning, Father? We're your kids. We get to sit at our Papa's feet. There's nothing better than being in your presence, Father. So thank you for being here. I pray that you will continue to pour yourself out. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we want to show you that. Father, just take over. Take over our spirits, our hearts, our minds. Turn them to you and do not let the enemy deceive us. I pray, Jesus, that you will show us your truth in your word and that you'll continue to change our hearts and our minds to line up with your word. But, Lord, give us your heart. We want to have a heart like yours. We love you, Father. All things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we
affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Father, your spirit is here today. We love you. Thank you for loving us the way that you do, Lord. You continue to take over this day in our hearts and our minds and let us love like you do. Let us love each other the way that you love us, Lord. Help us do that. Jesus, we love you. Would you be with Pastor Tim as he speaks to us today and brings us your word, Lord, speak through him. Lord, let him be bold. Let him speak your word directly to us, Lord. I pray that it's personal to each one of us, that each one of us gets a personal word from you. And Father, let us act on it. Let us obey you. If there's something we need to change or uproot, Lord Jesus, give us the courage to do it. Don't let us sit on it, Jesus, because we want to be more like you. Lord, I just pray that you will continue to move in us today, Father. Thank you for loving us the way that we do love you. And I pray that, that we can love you the way that you love us. I don't think that's going to be possible, Father, because you love us so much. But we want to try. We love you, Lord. And all God's people said, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be I'm glad to see you. I'm telling you, I'm glad to see you. Glad to see you. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> I tell you. Three weeks ago today, we had a missionary here. And after that service, later that week, I started feeling a little under the weather. And I thought, maybe I should go up there to divide and have them stick that thing in my nose and check me for COVID and they did and they will stick that thing in until it reaches the gray matter mm. and uh, that was on Friday 
And on Saturday, I determined I shouldn't be here for your own protection. So I called Larry King Saturday afternoon. I said, Larry, some, you're an old pastor. Emphasis on the word old. I hope he's watching. Because he's not here today. He's sick. Not with COVID. But I said, I know you got something in a barrel somewhere. Some old sermons there. Can you pull one out and preach for me tomorrow? And he did. Then that afternoon, I got the word that I was positive for COVID. And I had to be in for 10 days isolation. And you know, when you let people know you have COVID, I started getting all kinds of remedies. I have a friend who watches, I hope she's watching from Florida today. She sent me some kind of uh, stuff. It's a, it's a, boy, I'm almost afraid to say it. It's a, it's a Chinese dive made in China. I thought, well, that's where this thing came from. And now I'm getting this supplement that's supposed to really keep my immune system on hyperdrive. But I started taking them, and whatever else you guys sent me, I took it all. And then I started giving it to Jane so she wouldn't get COVID. We both have had our shots, so I guess I didn't get it as bad as some others, and I'm grateful. But this last week ago today, I had my friend, Dr. Jim Deal, speak for you. And he's the man I followed at Denver First Church as pastor there. And I know he did a great job. And I know you fell in love with him. And I know you did. He's a good, good man. So, when you're home for 10 days, 14 days, whatever it was, you know, you get tired of the regular stuff on television, even though you got cable. So I spent most of the time on YouTube. And I was watching old Johnny Carson reruns. Anybody here remember Johnny Carson? Well, every time Carson came out, he looked like this. He was dressed. And I thought, I got a drawer full of ties somewhere. I think I'll get one out for Sunday. So, I'm just kind of feeling spiffy this morning, you know, a little bit. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm glad to be with you. This, I'm telling you, I'll stand here any day over sitting at home with what I had. And I give God thanks, and I thank those gentlemen, uh, Larry and Dr. Jim Deal, for filling in for me in my absence. Now that I have uh, entered, in fact, I've been in it for a while, I've, I realize that as I've entered this fourth quarter in the game of life, that you have a tendency to reminisce, to reflect, to reconsider where you've been and what you've done in life thus far. And I've done a lot of that lately. And one thing that plays a major theme naturally 
in that process is certainly the time that Jane and I have spent in ministry, both in pastoring and for the last 11 years as interim pastor for churches that are in transition. And those are all pleasant memories. But one regret, among many, I guess, is that I spent way too much time in my ministry trying to be relevant. When there are few people in this world less relevant than I. And as the culture continues to change and I continue to age, I realize that my relevance continues to fade. Point in fact, in years gone by, I spent way too many Sundays trying to be like Rick Warren. Anybody here know who Rick Warren is? If you ever bought a book called Purpose Driven Life, you know Rick Warren. Pastor of one of the largest churches in America there in Southern California. And I found myself reading his stuff and kind of drawn to it. And and he always had a specific kind of sermon. It was something like uh, seven steps to stress-free living. Or five ways to defeat depression. Or three keys to financial freedom. And all of those things, I mean, they're meaningful topics. And I spent too much time in them. Because they're not life-changing. And as an old man, I realized I spent way too little time talking about Jesus. If you're my friend on Facebook, you may have seen that I often put a little video on Facebook whenever I'm speaking somewhere different. And I invite anyone who sees me on Facebook to come, that's the little tag, the little, the little video is to say, I'm going to be preaching here. If you're in the neighborhood, I invite you to come by. Or you can watch the service by streaming it. And I always end those little videos with the same tagline. And that tagline is, come and let me tell you a story about Jesus. Because you see, at this age, I've realized that I have nothing else to say. Because nothing else has the power to change lives like Jesus. Oh, I can give you five ways to defeat depression. And that's good stuff. But if I don't make the Jesus the center of everything, it doesn't make much difference. I was reminded recently of the story in John chapter 12, verses 20 through 21. Listen to the word. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. These Greeks, it it is assumed that they were converts to Judaism. I mean, why else would they have been up in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast? It was the Passover. And while they're there, they seek out Philip. Because his name is Greek. And because he is from a Greek area, Bethsaida. And they come to him. They found him. And they said, sir, we would like to see Jesus. 
In the early days of my ministry, Jim Christie might have done this too. I had a little plaque on the pulpit that stated that request. Right there on the pulpit, as I stood to speak to my congregation, was that little phrase, Sir, we would see Jesus. Every time I stood to speak, that was reminding me why I was there. And it was reminding me why you were here. And I finally come to the realization once again that you didn't come here today to hear me preach or to hear Lori sing. And I would travel somewhere to hear Lori sing. I would take Lori and our praise band to Denver First Church with me. I love what they do. No, you didn't come here to hear me preach, and you didn't come here to hear her sing. You came here, most of you came here, for fellowship with friends, or somewhere buried deep under a layer of other motives. There may have been the whisper of a hope that as you worship today, maybe, just maybe, you would see Jesus, sir. We would see Jesus. And now I read that as a mandate. That is what you're saying to me as I stand in this place. Tim, tell us about Jesus. From our text we learn that Jesus came to Jerusalem for the feast. It's Passover. And it's just like a typical Sunday in a typical church. There are many people who come, and in the crowd, there are those, there were those, and there are those who are spectators, and some who are skeptics, and some who are doubters, and some who are hypocrites, and some who are scoffers. But in the midst of that congregation around the temple, there were then... And there are now some who came, who come for only one reason, and that is to worship God. Sometimes we come to church because we are simply desperate to be near Him. And we think that the church might make a difference. If I can get to that building, if I can sit there with people who I know know how to pray. These Greeks didn't come to spectate. And they didn't come to criticize. God bless them. And they didn't come to impress anybody. They just came to worship. To experience what they hoped would be a touch of God. And they knew that if they were really going to worship, somehow they understood that they wanted to see this Jesus, this itinerant prophet whose name was blazing across the headlines where all the rumor mills were talking about this interesting man. And that curiosity about this man had been piqued and they were determined to discover what there was, what there was about him that made such an uproar. Listen, my concern these days is that my generation of preachers, we baby boomers, have preached the Bible very well and yet missed the point of fail by failing to preach Jesus. 
That somehow Jesus has gotten covered up by our efforts to be relevant and that we've become so enamored with the privileges and blessings of being a child of God that we have forgotten or at least misplaced this Jesus of the Bible. There is today, as there was in these Bible times, a cry from the human heart though many may not even be aware of what they seek, but that cry is still the same. We want to see Jesus. Somebody, show me Jesus. If the story of a baby born in a cradle who died on a cross, if that story is true, can somebody take me to Him? Our world is in trouble. And our nation is in trouble. And our church is in trouble. And our families are in trouble. Somebody, anybody, I want to see Jesus. I love my church. I believe in the doctrines of my church. I believe in the traditions and I believe in the practices of my church. But we can never forget that the head of the church is not a church board. And it is not a preacher standing in this place. It is the living person, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. It's not religion or traditions or doctrine that save the lost and heal the sick and set the captive free. It's Jesus. He is the Savior. And He is the Healer. And He is the Deliverer. And He is the Master. It is Jesus who said, listen, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to Me. He didn't say, lift up your church. He didn't say, lift up your denomination. He didn't say, lift up your organization. He didn't say, lift up your doctrine. He didn't say, lift up your religion or your traditions or your philosophies. He said, lift me up. And may I say, I've been gone too long. If we spent half as much time in this church, in this church, talking about Jesus as we do talking about each other? Folks, I'm not sure, you're not ready for this, but we get in our little groups, we sit around somebody's kitchen table, We go to a coffee shop somewhere and we begin to talk. And what do we talk about? Our church. What's wrong with our church? What needs to happen at our church? Who's messing up my church? And rarely does that conversation have anything to do with the person or the personality of Jesus Christ who is the head of our church. No. It's easier to talk about each other or people who aren't even here anymore. Jesus said, talk about me. Witness about me. Preach about me. Teach about me. If I be lifted up, I'll draw people to myself. He says, let me live in your testimony." Let me live in your preaching. Let me live in your singing. Let me be the main attraction. And I can do something. 
Let me be the reason why you gather together. Then I will draw all men unto me. And your church will come alive with resurrection power and begin to serve the hungry and thirsty and broken and needy and hurting. Many of those kinds of people are very well off financially. And don't just tell me about him. Don't just show me pictures of him. Take me to him. The Apostle Paul said, I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Folks, get back on that story and off the other people in your congregation. Paul was highly educated. He was a deeply spiritual man. But with all his wisdom and all of his knowledge and all of the spiritual experience, he determined to hold himself to the preaching of Christ. And so in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the... Gentile, but in the original language, the word was Greeks. Greeks. The same group that came looking for Jesus in our text. Our 12-year-old granddaughter told her mother last couple of weeks ago that she wanted a new Bible. She wanted a grown-up Bible and not a kid's Bible. And she said that she had started a new TikTok page about Jesus. I don't even know what TikTok is. And when she was talking to her mother, our oldest daughter, she said it's, it's about Matthew 24. And I'm thinking, you're 12 years old. That's end time stuff. What do you know about the end of the world? And so our daughter asked her, well, what do you do on that page? And she said, well, that's where I share the gospel. She's 12. Now look at us. We are older than that little girl and much more sophisticated. But instead of being more courageous than a 12-year-old girl, we are more withdrawn regarding Jesus. Less interested in mentioning that name. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. Offend somebody. See, what I'm sensing is Jesus may not even be first place in our lives anymore. I'm not totally, I'm not totally in the dark regarding things that have been going on in the life of this church. And I guess there's a sense in which I don't really have a dog in that hunt, but Whatever you do as you face the future and you call a new pastor, there's a sense in which it probably has little impact on me. But does all of the conversation and conflict really matter? Does it make anything any better? Isn't the more important question why we come here on a Sunday morning? And if that's not Jesus, let's just lock the door and go home. Because the location doesn't matter. If it's not about Jesus, then it's just a little social club. 
See, Jesus is the center of this story. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus is the miracle worker. Jesus is the friend of sinners. Jesus is the great intercessor. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty God. Jesus is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley and the bread of life. He is the justifier and the sanctifier. He is the shelter in the time of storm. He is my shield and my buckler. He is my fortress and my high tower. He is my rock and my anchor. He is my lion and my lamb. And his name is Jesus. You, Loth, we have the answer to every problem in the world or in the church. And his name is Jesus. But we would much rather talk about somebody. Anybody. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? That the human heart is crying out. We want to see Jesus. So he came to the moment where Jesus asked the disciples, who do the people say I am? And they began to tell him what they had heard other people saying about him. But Jesus would not and he still will not settle for secondhand information. So he requires that we know him personally. So he pressed the disciples and said, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded by saying, Blessed are you, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter was blessed because he had a revelation of Jesus. Can I ask you, on this Sunday morning, November 7th, I think it is, Isn't that what you're hungry for? Isn't that what we're dying for? A revelation of Jesus. Sir, we would see Jesus. Some pastors are thinkers. They're logical. They're great with statistics and able to figure things. I'm, that's not me. Um, I'm a feeler. By that I mean I think with my heart. Sir, we would see Jesus. There's a city out here that's waiting to be won. And the question we're dealing with as a church then becomes, how? How are we going to do it? How do you reach those who are saying without saying it? Sir, we would see Jesus. I mean, as you wrestle with that call, the question becomes, what is the will of God for our future? How do we present this living Savior to our little corner of the world?
here we are in the midst of trying to find a new pastor. Folks, I know I'm bearing down a little today, but let me tell you what concerns me. We're in the midst of a pastoral search and our Wednesday night prayer meeting hasn't increased by one person. Not one. When prayer should be our major resource during these days. Prayer and fasting. And you can make that season of prayer and fasting one of wild imagining and exciting wondering. And my challenge to you is don't stop until you find it. God's will. A few weeks ago I had a friend who was staying in a cabin close to ours. Been my friend since, uh, well, for 40 years. 40 years. But only about seven years ago did he become a pastor. He was always a worship leader, was my worship leader. And while he was at my home here some time ago, I asked him if he would like to have my sermon library, my files. And he said he would. I have always, for all of my ministry, I have always printed out a manuscript of whatever I preached. And so I had 40 years worth of sermons and files. And that day I gave them to him. But as I was going through that kind of stuff before I decided, you know, I'm just giving him all of it. I I was just looking at other stuff I would give him the file cabinet, the folders, the sermons in them, everything. Take this stuff. And I was going through some stuff, and I found an old book by a preacher that some, most of you never heard of. Jim Christie would know the name. His name was Vance Havner. And I opened it up, and there was an introduction to the book. And he was talking in that introduction about an occasion when he spoke at... Uh, Moody Moody Bible Institute. And here's what he said, and I'm quoting him. There must have been a lot of prayer behind that place because it's weathered all these years. I had a good time there last time. I spoke on not missing your miracle. Several fellows in the Bible missed their miracle. And that phrase stuck in my mind. Don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle. And I was drawn to examples of individuals who stood on the threshold of their miracle. And they backed away. And immediately I thought of that young man, that rich young man mentioned in Mark 10. He was a nice young man. As he stood there before Jesus, he's on the threshold of the greatest decision he would ever make in his life. Nice guy. I mean, the kind of guy you would want your daughter to marry. Because, well, let's face it, he was rich. He was polite. He was well-educated. He was considerate. He was religious. He was just a good guy. But when he was challenged by Jesus to take a step beyond the safety net of security, he stopped short and missed his miracle. 
And I'm guessing that I'm speaking to some folks here today who have stood in that same place, on that same threshold, when you were invited to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And every time you looked at that threshold and you thought about what might be involved in that, and you took a step back. And you've been doing that for years. I thought of Moses. And and his inability to lead his people into the promised land. Here is Moses. He got them out of Egypt. He got them through the ten plagues. He got them out of Egypt. He took them to the Red Sea. The waters parted. They went through that. He got them out Sinai, stood on top of that. He got the word from God, the Ten Commandments. The law was given to him. They're following a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And they get to the Jordan River finally. He can't cross. The privilege of going into that promised land is denied him. After all he had been through, he missed the final act, the grand finale. He missed his miracle. And I thought of King Saul a man with incredible leadership abilities and the thrill of being God's chosen. I mean, he could have led his people to great achievements, but he was disobedient and he missed his miracle. Don't miss yours. As an individual, some of you this morning are desperate for a miracle in your life right now. Or as a church, don't miss your miracle. I wish I could tell you what that miracle looks like, but I don't know. But don't you even imagine that God is finished with this church. There was a time in my ministry when I was pastoring a church and I came to a moment where I thought I knew what the miracle was. And I pushed hard to step across that threshold but it didn't happen. And all I know is this. Keep your eyes on Jesus and your heart fixed on those who are saying, Sir, ma'am, we just want to see Jesus. Listen, our miracle isn't a place. It's a passion. It is a passion for Jesus Christ. If I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I'll draw everybody to myself. But we're so busy tearing one another down that we can't lift him up. Don't miss your miracle. And Jesus is your miracle. Sir, ma'am, we would see Jesus. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we bow in Your presence this day. And we give You thanks. You are good. I want to invite the praise team to come back. Father, we just wait here in Your presence because You are. Father, I pray that somehow today
between my mouth and the ears of the people who listened, that you were able to convert anything I said that was out of line into exactly what you wanted them to hear. And I pray, Father, that you will help us as a church to reconnect with the reality that all we have to do is lift you higher. You are our King. You are our Savior. You are our Master. You are our Healer. So we offer you our Hallelujah, and we offer you our Hosanna in the highest. And Father, we simply wait in your presence. As we sing this final song, maybe there would be some who'd like to kneel at the altars while we, while we sing. Maybe the Spirit of God is just stirring in you. And you realize how close you may be or how close your church may be to missing our miracle if we don't begin to lift up Jesus. Let's sing together.
for you. That's it. Lord, we confess to you that we've tried about everything else. Oh, we're very good at making great plans. But Father, I pray that we will rediscover what it means to lift you up. That others might be drawn to you. Not because we're so clever. Not because we're so dynamic. Not because we're so well programmed, but because we have discovered just simply how to lift you up. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And give you peace. Lord bless you.